鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to more to read. 欢迎来到轻松调频美文阅读 ，more to read。我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文，学英语。在今天的节目中，我们将会听到德国哲学家叔本华的一句话，中国诗人穆旦的一首诗歌：“流吧，长江的水 ，Flow on the Yangtze River。”以及由美国著名散文家埃尔文·布鲁克斯·怀特所写的一篇文章，《The Three New Yorks》，三个纽约。好，下面让我们首先进入今天的 Daily Quote。More to read. 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. It is a curious fact that in bad days we can very vividly recall the good time that is now no more, but that in good days. We have only a very cold and imperfect memory of the bad. Arthur Schopenhauer. 奇怪的很，人们在倒霉的时候总会清晰的回忆已经逝去的快乐时光，但是在得意的时候，对厄运时光只保有一种淡漠而不完全的记忆。亚瑟·叔本华。亚瑟·叔本华出生于1788年 ，1860 年去世，德国著名哲学家，是哲学史上第一个公开反对理性主义哲学的人，并开创了非理性主义哲学的先河，也是唯意志论的创始人和主要代表之一，认为生命意志是主宰世界运作的力量。叔本华早年在哥廷根大学学习医学和哲学，获博士学位后，曾在魏玛。德雷斯顿研究印度哲学和佛学，他继承了康德对于现象和物自体之间的区分，不同于他同时代的费希特、谢林、黑格尔等取消物自体的做法。他坚持物自体，并指出他可以通过直观而被认识，将其确定为意志。意志独立于时间、空间，所有理性知识都从属于他。人们只有在审美的沉思时逃离其中。叔本华将他著名的极端悲观主义和子学说联系在一起，指出意志的支配最终只能导致虚无和痛苦。他的思想为心理学中精神分析流派的产生奠定了基础。他文笔流畅，思路清晰，后期的散文式论述对后来哲学著作的诗意化产生了较大影响。叔本华是维特根斯坦阅读并欣赏的少数哲学家之一，他还影响了尼采。萨特等诸多哲学家开启了非理性主义哲学。尼采十分欣赏他的作品，曾作《作为教育家的叔本华》来纪念他。瓦格纳则把歌剧《尼伯龙根的指环》献给叔本华。莫泊桑则称他为人类历史上最伟大的梦想破坏者。中国国学大师王国维的思想已深受叔本华的影响，在其著作《人间词话》中以叔本华的理论评宋词。还曾借助其理论发展了红学，成就颇高
It is a curious fact that in bad days we can vividly recall the good time that is now no more, but that in good days we have only a very cold and imperfect memory of the bad. Arthur Schopenhauer. 奇怪的很，人们在倒霉的时候总会清晰的回忆已经逝去的快乐时光，但是在得意的时候，对厄运时光只保有一种淡漠。而不完全的记忆。亚瑟·叔本华。More to read。闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day。留吧，长江的水。牡丹。留吧，长江的水，缓缓的流。玛格丽就住在岸沿的高楼，她看着你，当春天尚未消逝。留吧，长江的水，我的歌喉。多么久了，一季又一季。玛格丽和我彼此的思念，你是懂得的，虽然永远沉默。流吧，长江的水，缓缓的流。这草色青青，今日一如往日。还有鸟啼，飞羽，金黄的花香，只是我们有过的，已不能再有。留吧，长江的水，我的烦忧。玛格丽还要从楼窗外望，那时她的心里已很不同。那时我们的日子，全已忘记。留吧，长江的水，缓缓的流。Flow on, the Yangtze River, by Mu Dan. Flow on, the Yangtze River. You flow slowly. Marjorie lived right on the bank, in a high building. She watched you, before spring passed away. Flow on, the Yangtze River, and my singing. For long. One season after another, Marjorie and I missed each other. You know this, yet you are forever silent. Flow on, flow gently, the Yangtze River. Day after day, the grasses are forever green. Birds sing in drizzles to flowers sweet and golden. But our past hours. Can never be called back. Flow on, the Yangtze River, and my pain. Marjorie still watched out of the window, but what's in her heart was different then. She forgot our past days, completely clean. Flow on, the Yangtze River, 
slowly flow. We just heard this song from a Chinese singer Mu Dan. The song's title is "Flow On, the Yangtze River." Flow on the Yangtze River. 中文版本由轻松调频的主持人小斐为大家朗诵，英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，由李正栓翻译。穆旦出生于1918年 ，1977 年去世，著名的爱国主义诗人、翻译家，原名查良铮，曾用笔名良真。他出生于天津，祖籍浙江海宁，与武侠小说泰斗金庸，也就是查良镛，是同宗兄弟。1940年，穆旦在西南联大毕业后留校任教。1949年赴美国留学，入芝加哥大学英国文学系学习。1952年获文学硕士学位。1953年回国后任南开大学外文系副教授。1958年受到政治迫害，调图书馆工作。1977年因心脏病突发去世。穆旦于20世纪40年代出版了《探险者》《穆旦诗集》。齐三部诗集，将西欧现代主义和中国诗歌传统结合起来，其诗风富于象征寓意和心灵思辨，是九叶诗派的代表性诗人。二十世纪八十年代之后，许多现代文学专家都推其为现代诗歌第一人。穆旦还从事许多国外诗歌的翻译工作，其译本在国内翻译文中有较大影响。Flow on, the Yangtze River, by Mu Dan. Flow on, the Yangtze River. You flow slowly. Marjorie lived right on the bank, in a high building. She watched you, before spring passed away. Flow on, the Yangtze River, and my singing. For long. One season after another, Marjorie and I missed each other. You know this, yet you are forever silent. Flow on, flow gently, the Yangtze River. Day after day, the grasses are forever green. Birds sing in drizzles to flowers sweet and golden. But our past hours. Can never be called back. Flow on, the Yangtze River, and my pain. Marjorie still watched out of the window, but what's in her heart was different then. She forgot our past days, completely clean. Flow on, the Yangtze River, slowly flow. 世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words。欢迎您继续收听轻松调频美文阅读 More to Read， 我是沈听。下面让我们一起来感受 Beauty of words。埃尔文·布鲁克斯·怀特也被称为 E.B. 怀特。
是美国著名的散文家、评论家，以散文名士。他出生于1899年 ，1985 年去世，其文风冷峻清丽，辛辣幽默，自成一格。E.B. 怀特出生于纽约的蒙特福农，毕业于康奈尔大学。作为《纽约客》杂志的主要撰稿人，怀特一手奠定了影响深远的《纽约客》文风。他对这个世界上的一切都充满关爱。他的道德与他的文章一样山高水长，除了他终生挚爱的随笔之外，他还为孩子们写了三本文学经典，《斯图尔特数小弟》，又译《精灵数小弟》，《夏洛的网》与《吹小号的天鹅》，同样受到了儿童与成人们的喜爱。好，那么今天呢，我就为大家选读一篇由 E.B. 怀特所写的文章，《The Three New Yorks》，三个纽约，中文版本。由轻松调频的主持人念希为您朗读，由孙志礼翻译。The Three New Yorks, Elwin Brooks White。三个纽约，埃尔文布鲁克斯怀特。There are roughly three New Yorks. There is first the New York of the man or woman who was born here, who takes the city for granted. And accepts its size and its turbulence as natural and inevitable. Second, there is the New York of the commuter, the city that is devoured by locusts each day and spat out each night. Third, there is the New York of the person who was born somewhere else and came to New York in quest of something. Of these three trembling cities, the greatest is the last, the city of final destination. The city that is a goal. It is this third city that accounts for New York's high-strung disposition, its poetic deportment, its dedication to the arts, and its incomparable achievements. 大致说来，有三个纽约。首先是那些土生土长的男男女女的纽约，他们对这座城市习以为常。认为它有这样的规模和喧嚣，乃是自然而然、不可避免的。其次是家住郊区、乘公交车到室内上班的人们的纽约。这座城市每到白天就被如蝗的人群吞噬进去，每到晚上又给吐出来。第三是外来人的纽约，他们生于他乡，到纽约来寻求机缘。在这三座充满骚动的城市中，最了不起的，是最后一座，那座被视为最终归宿的城市，视为追寻目标的城市。正是由于这第三座城市，纽约才有了紧张的秉性、诗人的气质、对艺术的执着追求、无与伦比的成就。Commuters give the city its tidal relentlessness. Natives give it solidity and continuity, but the settlers gave it passion. And whether it is a farmer arriving from Italy to set up a small grocery store in a slum, or a young girl arriving from a small town in Mississippi to escape the indignity of being observed by her neighbors, or a boy arriving from the Corn Belt with a manuscript in his suitcase and a pain in his heart, it makes no difference. Each embraces New York with the intense excitement of first love. Each absorbs New York with the fresh eyes of an adventurer. Each generates heat and light to dwarf the consolidated Edison Company.
，上班族给纽约带来了潮汐般时涨时落的骚动，当地人保证了纽约的稳固和持续发展，而外来人则赋予纽约以激情。无论是从意大利来到贫民窟开小杂货店的农夫，还是从密西西比州某小镇跑出来躲避邻居的淫秽目光的年轻姑娘。还是从玉米地带满怀酸楚的拎着手稿跑来的小伙子，情况都没有什么两样。每个人都怀着初恋的激情拥抱纽约，每个人都以冒险家的新奇目光审视纽约，每个人散发出的光和热，足以令爱迪生联合电器公司相形见绌。The commuter is the queerest bird of all. The suburb he inhabits has no essential vitality of its own, and is a mere roost where he comes at a day's end to go to sleep. Except in rare cases, the man who lives in Mamoron Neck or Little Neck or T Neck, and works in New York, discovers nothing much about the city except the time of arrival and departure of trains and buses, and the path to a quick lunch. He is desk-bound and has never idly roaming in the gloaming. Stumbled suddenly on Belvedere Tower in the park, seeing the ramparts rise sheer from the water of the pond, and the boys along the shore fishing for minnows, girls stretched out negligently on the shelves of the rocks. He has never come suddenly on anything at all in New York as a loiterer, because he had no time between trains. He has fished in Manhattan's wallet and dug out coins. But has never listened to Manhattan's breathing, never awakened to its morning, never dropped off to sleep in its night. 上班族是天下最怪异的人，他们居住的郊区没有自身的勃勃生机，仅仅是他们晚上回来睡觉的栖息所。那些住在马马罗内克、利特尔内克、蒂内克到纽约上班的人，除个别情况外，对这座城市了无所知。只晓得火车、汽车到站、离站的时间，去快餐店的路径。这些人整日伏案工作，从来没有闲暇徜徉在暮色之中。意外的走到公园里的观景塔跟前，瞧见湖中突兀而起的防护堤，沿着湖边钓米诺鱼的男孩，大大咧咧舒展着身子躺在石台上的女孩。他们从未在纽约游游逛逛，偶然遇见什么。因为他们从下火车到再上火车，这中间是没有闲工夫的。他们把手伸到曼哈顿的钱包里捞钱，抓到几个微不足道的小钱，但却从未聆听过曼哈顿的鼻息，从未在醒来时见到曼哈顿的早晨，也从未在曼哈顿的夜幕中入睡过。About four hundred thousand men and women come charging onto the island each weekday morning. Out of the mouths of tubes and tunnels, not many among them have ever spent a drowsy afternoon in the great rustling oaken silence of the reading room of the public library, with the book elevator like an old water wheel spewing out books onto the trays. They tend their furnaces in Westchester and in Jersey, but have never seen the furnaces of the Bowery, the fires that burn in oil drums on zero winter nights. They may work in the financial district downtown and never see the extravagant plantings of Rockefeller Center, the daffodils and grape hyacinths and birches of the flags trimmed to the wind on fine morning in spring.
or they may work in a midtown office and may let a whole year swing round without sighting Governor's Island from the sea wall. 每个工作日的早晨，大约有四十万男男女女走出地道口隧道口，涌上曼哈顿岛。他们之中没有多少人跑到公共图书馆，沉寂的只能听到沙沙声的阅览室，懒洋洋的度过一个下午，看着图书传送机像旧水轮一样将书吐在书盘里。他们在维斯特切斯特和泽西烧火炉，却从未见过鲍厄里街。在气温降至零度的冬夜，用油桶烧火取暖。他们可能在市中心的金融区工作，却从未见过洛克菲勒中心那枝繁叶茂的花木。春光明媚的早晨，黄水仙、风信子和鸢尾花齐展展的迎风摇曳。他们的办公地点可能位于商业区和居住区之间，可是。一年到头也没从海地上眺望过加福纳斯岛。The commuter dies with tremendous mileage to his credit, but he is no rover. His entrances and exits are more devious than those in a prairie dog village, and he calmly plays bridge while his train is buried in the mud at the bottom of the Easter River. The Long Island Railroad alone carried forty million commuters last year. But many of them were the same fellow retracing his steps. The terrain of New York is such that a resident sometimes travels farther in the end than a commuter. The journey of the composer Irving Berlin from Cherry Street in the Lower East Side to an apartment uptown was through an alley and was only three or four miles in length, but it was like going three times around the world. 上班族一生中有惊人的行程，但是从未东游西逛过。他们进进出出的地方比草原犬鼠的地洞群还要曲曲弯弯。即使火车陷进东河底的淤泥中，他们也会若无其事的只管打桥牌。去年，仅长岛铁路就运载了四千万上班族，只不过许多人是反反复复往返乘车罢了。纽约的地形比较特别，有时住在城里的人最终走的路可能比上班族还要远。作曲家欧文·柏林是通过一条小巷从下东区来到住宅区公寓，原本只有三四英里路程，却好像绕着地球走了三圈。The Three New Yorks. Elwin Brooks White. There are roughly three New Yorks. There is first the New York of the man or woman who was born here, who takes the city for granted and accepts its size and its turbulence as natural and inevitable. Second, there is the New York of the commuter, the city that is devoured by locusts each day and spat out each night. Third. There is the New York of the person who was born somewhere else and came to New York in quest of something. Of these three trembling cities, the greatest is the last, the city of final destination, the city that is a goal. It is this third city that accounts for New York's high-strung disposition, 
its poetic deportment, its dedication to the arts, and its incomparable achievements. Commuters give the city its tidal relentlessness. Natives give it solidity and continuity, but the settlers gave it passion. And whether it is a farmer arriving from Italy to set up a small grocery store in a slum, or a young girl arriving from a small town in Mississippi to escape the indignity of being observed by her neighbors, or a boy arriving from the Corn Belt with a manuscript in his suitcase and a pain in his heart, it makes no difference. Each embraces New York with intense excitement of first love. Each absorbs New York with the fresh eyes of an adventurer. Each generates heat and light to dwarf the consolidated Edison Company. The commuter is the queerest bird of all. The suburb he inhabits has no essential vitality of its own, and is a mere roost where he comes at a day's end to go to sleep. Except in rare cases. The man who lives in Mamaroneck Neck or Little Neck or Tea Neck, and works in New York, discovers nothing much about the city except the time of arrival and departure of trains and buses, and the path to a quick lunch. He is desk-bound and has never idly roaming in the gloaming, stumbled suddenly on Belvedere Tower in the park, seen the ramparts rise sheer from the water of the pond, and the boys along the shore fishing for minnows. Girls stretched out negligently on the shelves of the rocks. He has never come suddenly on anything at all in New York as a loiterer, because he had no time between trains. He has fished in Manhattan's wallet and dug out coins, but has never listened to Manhattan's breathing, never awakened to its morning, never dropped off to sleep in its night. About four hundred thousand men and women come charging onto the island each weekday morning. Out of the mouths of tubes and tunnels, not many among them have ever spent a drowsy afternoon in the great rustling oaken silence of the reading room of the public library, with the book elevator like an old water wheel spewing out books onto the trays. They tend their furnaces in Westchester and in Jersey, but have never seen the furnaces of the Bowery, the fires that burn in oil drums on zero winter nights. They may work in the financial district downtown and never see the extravagant plantings of Rockefeller Center, the daffodils and grape hyacinths and birches of the flags trimmed to the wind on fine morning in spring, or they may work in a midtown office and may let a whole year swing round without sighting Governor's Island from the sea wall. The commuter dies with tremendous mileage to his credit, but he is no rover. His entrances and exits are more devious than those in a prairie dog village, and he calmly plays bridge while his train is buried in the mud at the bottom of the East River. The Long Island Railroad alone carried 40 million commuters last year, but many of them were the same fellow retracing his steps. The terrain of New York is such that a resident sometimes travels farther in the end than a commuter. The journey of the composer Irving Berlin from Cherry Street in the Lower East Side to an apartment uptown was through an alley, and was only three or four miles in length, but it was like going three times around the world.
今天的节目就要结束了，感谢您的收听，我是沈听，我们明天见。